Today's episode is brought to you by my very own FredMotivates.com. Go check it out today and see how you can bring me to your school to speak with your students about the importance of acknowledgement and acceptance, one of the most important subjects we can be talking to our students about today. I also got other ways to support the cause on the website. You can get some merch, get a t-shirt, get a mug, and when you use the code TEACHERRECHARGE at checkout, I'll take 10% off your entire order. That's FredMotivates.com today. Yo, welcome back to school. Let's get in to this episode. What is up, Teacher Recharge listeners? We are back in another school year, which means it is time for season two of the Teacher Recharge Podcast. I am unbelievably excited for this season. It is going to be fire. So I hope you are ready for that. But I want to hear something. I want to hear something from you guys. I want to hear what are you doing? What is one thing you are doing to welcome your students back into your classroom? Send me an email, teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about it and get that conversation going. As for our first guest, let me tell you, this guy is nothing short of amazing. His name is CJ Reynolds, and he teaches high school literature and the history of hip-hop. Yeah, you heard that right. The history of hip-hop in West Philadelphia. That's all I'm going to say of that. He is also the creator of the YouTube channel Real Rap with Reynolds, which aims at helping new and burned-out teachers be the teacher they always wanted to be Go check it out. It's amazing. This interview is amazing. You're going to take tons from it. I guarantee it. So without further ado, enjoy episode one of season two of the Teacher Recharge with CJ Reynolds. What's up, everybody? Fred Kep with the Teacher Recharge Podcast. This is episode one of season two. Welcome back to school, my friends. Now, today's guest is none other than CJ Reynolds, aka Real Rapping with Reynolds, building culture in class, serving teachers and students, doing it with some sass. Special guest number one, Recharge Season 2. If you're listening now, welcome him to our crew. Check it out. What's up, CJ? How you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks. That was a great intro. Well, we are really excited. To, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. So tell us a little bit about kind of your thing how did you get into what you're doing what are you doing now and all that good stuff because i i give an intro but it definitely always helps to hear it from your side of things for sure so i teach ninth grade literature and the history of hip-hop in west philadelphia at all boys school there and so i did not want to be a high school teacher i didn't want to be a teacher period uh i did i like barely got through high school and was a community college student but then like anything else, man, like, you know, things find you when they're supposed to find you. So I thought I was going to be a drummer. I thought I was going to be a clown. I thought I was going to be a priest. Some of those were supported by my family. Others were not. And then, so then I kind of took the best parts of all of them, like kind of being a professional jackass, kind of being like you're on stage, kind of, uh, you're deeply caring for people on the fringe. And so I pulled all that together and that's how I found myself in the job that I have now. And then English is just my favorite. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's what kind of gives me life. So 
that's how I got into the space that I got into. I didn't realize it was history of, did you say history of hip hop? History of hip hop. Yep. That has got to be the coolest thing ever. I didn't know they taught that in high school. If they would have had that at my high school, I would have been all for that. We, we had to invent it. I don't know that it, ex- I mean, maybe it exists somewhere else. Someone's going to listen to this and be like, dude, this guy totally ripped off my idea. <laughs> but a few years ago, so I've always taught through the lens of like what my students are interested in, right? Mm-hmm. So like even in my English class last year, most of what I taught was like, all of my vocab was taught through Marvel movies, like through, because Endgame came out and that was the biggest thing, or through Fortnite, right? So like when a lot of teachers <laughs> are sort of shying away from that, it's like, this is where everyone's interest is anyway, so why don't I gauge that? And it goes back to like, when I was in high school, if teachers had taught through Star Wars or Tribe Called Quest albums, I would have lost my mind and that would have yeah, been ever real though. When I was given the opportunity to create an elective, I just like really gauged my students. And I felt like, the, most of my students like either sports, video games, girls, or hip-hop. And so I can't teach a class about girls. I don't know anything about sports. Somebody already taught about video games. And so I thought I would teach about the history of hip-hop because hip-hop is so about innovation, so about being fresh, that that idea of looking back rarely ever happens. So like if you ask a Drake fan, like what are – like so – Back in the day, like if the Beastie Boys told me that they loved certain groups before them, I went and searched out all those groups. That's how I found tons of stuff that I loved. But in if Drake shouts somebody out and says, yo, I really love Nas and Biggie or like Slick Rick or something like kind of off tilt like that, a lot of kids don't go back and look at that. And I just thought that that was such a white space to be able to work into. Mm -hmm. And then what I've been able to do with that is like bring guests into my classroom. So I don't know. I don't know how to spin a a turntable. I don't know how to rap, but I do know people that do know how to spin records. And so they bring in turntables and teach my kids how to like, you know, spin vinyl old school. And they, I bring in African drummers and I bring in hip hop artists and they run ciphers in my class every Friday. And stuff. it's, it is really, it is really a way for me to look cool without actually being, (laughs) I just stand next to the cool guy. And then I am cool by association. So you're like DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just like near someone. You didn't really do any special thing, but you're just now down. That's so, hilarious, man. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, I would have eaten that class up in college. I would have been all over that. That sounds so cool. It's all the stuff you need your students to learn just through the lens of what they are already interested in. Right. right? Which is like something we were already kind of doing anyway. Like we were teaching, I always teach Shakespeare through the lens of, of Snoop because my students are like, why does he have to talk like that? And I'm like, bro, if you think in 500 years, anyone's going to know what schnizzle medizzle means. Like, <laughs> like you're just you're lost, right? Like it's, it's fun with words. It's wordplay, which is what all hip hop is all about. Yes. Wordplay. Best thing ever. We're going to get into this. A new thing we're doing this season is called a mintro. It's, it's a com it's a combination. It's called a minute intro. We pushed it together to save time mentro and basically what it is it's a hot seat where i'm just gonna ask away just question after question after question if i want to hear some more about a particular answer it'll be pretty quick answers i'm gonna say pause explain and then you'll go ahead and explain other than that we're just getting through tons of random questions are you ready for this i'm ready let's do it (laughs) all right what kitchen appliance do you use every day the toaster what is your favorite fast food chain uh, McDonald's, which I'm a little ashamed to say. <laughs> That's my answer. Do you collect anything? No. No. Is your glass half full or half empty? Always half full. What's the craziest thing you've done in the name of love? 
Oh my gosh. Uh, I flew my wife to San Francisco and got engaged on a cliff. Okay, pause. Explain that real quick. So, so you got uh, engaged on a cliff? I surprised my wife by flying her to San Francisco, Golden Gate Park, which she had no idea what was going on. Right. The downside of that is her brother had to come up with a reason to get her in the car. He told her that their grandparents were in the hospital, which she was terrified about. And then she shows up at the airport and I'm there. And we missed the flight because he was late. So I went up to the counter. I said to the lady, I said, look, I've been dating my girlfriend for nine years. I finally want to propose. I'm going to fly her to California. I'm going to have like the spot all picked out at sunset. I'm going to like ask for her hand in marriage. And the woman goes, look, I mean, you missed your flight. Like, what am I going to do? <laughs> the woman behind her, who's her supervisor, comes over, sends her on breaking, goes, listen, I've been dating the same man for 10 years. And that bastard's never done anything like this for me. <laughs> You, I got your flight, and she just hooked it up, and then we flew to California and got engaged. It was the best. Oh, my gosh. And you know what's cool about that is when things are meant to happen, sometimes they just happen. You know, 100%, dude. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> that is so cool. Let's get into the week then. So it's Monday. You're going back to school. What are you doing to make sure you hit that Monday running with the best energy ready to make the biggest impact possible? I, I'm real mindful about – my own mindset, right? So like I get up early every morning at 4.45 every morning. I run every single morning. Right now I'm in the middle of a challenge where I'm running every day for a year. So it's like that discipline makes me have to get up. And then I pray and meditate every morning. And then I'm just mindful of like what I'm putting into my head before I show up at school. And then more than anything, especially on days when like I don't necessarily want to be there, for me, it's all about finding like that one kid that needs you that day. So you walk around the hallways, you look for the dude that looks like they're sad, depressed, something's a little bit off, and then you just give your attention. Because I'm a real big believer that your attention is more important than your advice. So teaching where I teach in West Philadelphia, like it's it's unlike anywhere that I ever lived. And so I don't know how to like always relate to students. Like I, I have not been through a lot of the horrific things my students have seen. So I found that like I don't have advice for everything. I just have the attention to be able to just listen and take something in with someone then sit with them through their, their hardship. So I think that that is, that's where the energy comes from is like looking for the, that one kid that day that I'm going to try and help out. I love that answer. You said a lot there. So we're going to break it down a little bit. So you get up, you said 4.30 every morning? 4.45 every morning. 4.45, my goodness. And so when do you have to be at school usually? Like uh, uh, 8 o'clock class starts. 8 o'clock, yes. Okay. So... Uh, you're doing the run. You run before you go to school, though. Yeah. Yeah. Every day before I go to school. Yeah, and that's cool because obviously that is releasing like endorphins and all that stuff. Yeah, it makes it you wakes feel- you up and you're like yeah. you're ready to go. And because like so today was day 243 out of 365 days in a row that I want to run. Right. So I'm running. Every, I've been running since oh, wow. December 10th. And like that's a habit. When you build in that time where you there's no off days, like you have to run. So mm-hmm. it's on. And then, yeah. and then I, that puts me in a better space when I get to school. And I notice that because when I don't do that, I don't feel as powerful. So it's right. like, I, I, it's almost like I'm going to kick my own butt before the day tries to kick my butt. I'm on right. offense instead of defense. Well, you also That's feel like you, you accomplish something already, which is before you even sure. get to the place where you're supposed to accomplish the most, which is awesome. Yeah. But then the big thing I really want to touch on here is, is you saying, you know, you look for that that kid, you, you give your attention. One of the, I mean, the whole thing that I go to schools and talk about 
is acknowledgement. I'm literally wearing a shirt to acknowledge someone. That's like my whole thing. I love that idea that you're walking around and you're looking for someone that just doesn't look like they're having the best morning. And then it's like, hey, how are you? That's all it takes. It's just, hey, how are you? And they're like, oh, snap. Someone actually notices I'm at school today, you know? And it's like, boom. Let's do this. There's a, and, and so there's a million different ways to do that. So like a lot of times teachers will hit me up on YouTube and they're like, yo, we like, I'm too introverted. Like, how do I handle it? If I'm just, if I'm introverted and it could be something as simple as a high, you could ask them what's going on. I do dumb stuff sometimes. So like teaching the guys that I teach, they're all like all mean mugging all day. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. it's all about the front. Right. So I have eyeball stickers that I stick on kids and I go, got my eye on you, bro. And it's just like, like, it's just so, it's so dumb that like everyone smiles when you do it. And so it's just that simple of being like, I just want you to know that I notice you because in education, right? Like there's, I think there's three different kinds of kids. If I overly generalize kids, right? There's the kid that everyone wants to teach. Everyone loves them. They're in class that they're crushing it every day. And they're just a joy to be around. There's the kid that, can't sit still that's always touching everyone else that is a cry for attention at every moment and then that number two kid is like just flying below the radar and they're like the silent sufferers a lot of times when you find out at the end of the year that like dude can't read or like that like something's going on at home but they're just quietly going through it and my attention is always out looking for those kids those number two kids try and connect as best that I can. Wow. Well, we are almost to the break. So I want to ask one question before we get there, because so far, just saying so far, you seem like there's not many chinks in the armor. So when I bring someone on, I like to ask this question because it shows everyone that even though everybody I bring onto this podcast is super uber impressive, there are things that have not gone right. So what if, what is something you have failed at and how did you react to that failure? I think initially, I, I think in a lot of ways, I'm like a lot of teachers that have only like taught in like uh, so-called title one schools, right? So you go in with this idea that you're going to be the one that's going to change education, right? Which is like what every Hollywood movie has ever taught us from dead poet society to freedom writers to dangerous minds. It's always the one teacher. And what I learned a few years in is that like, that's an impossible task. And it's also no fun. Like if you go to a party by yourself, it sucks. But if you go to a party with friends, if you, if you enter into it as part of a community of educators, everything is better. Like happiness is, is better shared. And so that is something that I've like really learned along the way is that there are no saviors in education and there, it is not a one man show. It has to be done as part of a community of educators. And that is, that has been a game changer for me. I love it. I love it. Well, we are going to go take a really, really quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back on the episode with CJ Reynolds. And it is my favorite time of the year, the episode, whatever, like you name it. It's my favorite time of it. I love this part of the show because it is story time. Now, this is the part of the show where I shut up, sit back, and let the guest tell whatever story they want. It could be happy. It could be motivational. It could be comedic. It could be downright flipping depressing. That's not up to me to decide, though. That's totally up to the guest. So, CJ, 
It is story time. Take it away. Gosh, there's a handful of stories that are my favorite. But uh, one I was thinking about recently because I just got a text from this homie the other day. I had a student uh, a few years ago that had, was his fifth year in high school, and we just couldn't figure out a way to motivate him to graduate. Right? I knew he was caught up in the streets in West Philly. I had a sense of what he was into, but no real kind of proof, and that wouldn't have meant anything anyway. So I get this chance of a lifetime to go meet with this guy in New York City, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like a really oh big deal. Oh my gosh, yeah. So I get on Gary's call-in show and I'd been calling for months. And my question was, what advice would you give my students? If you could talk to kids that don't know what's next, what advice would you give them? And Gary goes, well, why don't you just like bring 10 dudes up to New York City? I'll send a bus for you and you come hang out with us for the day. And so we did. And so I picked this really diverse group of dudes. But this one guy was the kind of student that like the rest of the staff were like, dude, you're totally wasting your time bringing this kid. Like this is like going to be a last, like a lost chance on, on him. So we go up and we get to the place. We get to, to Gary's studio and my, they want to check our bags. And my man goes, they can't, yo, Reynolds, they can't check my bag. I said, why not, bro? Like we're in, like they, they were in New York city. They check everyone's bags since September 11th. And so he goes, no, I have weed in my bag. And I'm like, first of all, why would you bring weed? Did you think we were all going to party? After? Did you think we were hanging on the bus afterwards? So I said, I, like, what do you do? Like, the, I can't call the principal. I can't, like, call his mom. Like, what are they going to do? Drive to New York and pick him up? So I said, put it in your pocket or something. Like, I don't, like, we'll deal with it when we get back to school. And he goes, no, bro, I got weed. And he holds his hands out the size of a basketball. And I'm like, what in the hell am I supposed to do? So I get, I get through security. And that's, that's the secret part of the story. I get through security. And we go up to Gary's office and I'm just thinking like, I'll deal with this when I get home. But maybe, maybe people are right. Like maybe I picked the wrong dude to bring with me. The guy doesn't say anything in our whole meeting. Gary meets with us for an hour and a half. He does pictures with everyone. He signs books for everyone. He is overly welcoming with his time. And my dude is just sitting there mean mugging at the end of the, like with the full front on arms crossed, doesn't say anything the whole time we're in the meeting. The end of it, the cameras are all away. We go into another boardroom and I say, yo, so now that no one's around, what's your takeaway from this, guys? Like, what, what did you think? Like, was it what you thought it would be? Is there anything like a word, a phrase, a story that stuck out from Gary or from his people that stuck out? Is like sticking with you. And this guy who I brought with me is the first person to speak. And he says, yo, Reynolds, he looks around the room. He goes, I don't need all this stuff, but there's no way I'm going back to the dumb stuff that I was doing before. And it was like, it was, it is the moment that teachers want when you have the kid who is so hard to reach. And the funny thing is I didn't do anything. Like I brought him on the trip. So again, it goes back to that communal aspect of like, it wasn't me, but I was able to take him to the right place at the right time to hear the right dude spit some truth to him so that he really understood it. And that was two and a half years ago. And he's still in college. He's going to be a junior this year wow. um, up in Maine. He's as far away from the streets. Now the texts that I get now are, yo, Ren, yo, it's scary up here, man. Why is it scary, bro? It's real dark. Bro, you used to sell drugs in West Philly. What, what, do, you, what do you think? A moose is going to pop out? Like, there's nothing to fear in, in <laughs> Maine. So it was like, it was just like one of the defining moments of my career where I really realized that guests are the gateway to students' hearts and minds sometimes. It is not just me and it's not just other educators. It's like people that can see themselves in that can transform who they are. Right. It's like uh, it's like if your mom 
tells you something over and over and over and over. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And then somebody like a speaker or somebody comes into the school and literally says the exact same thing. Like, Oh, Hey, eat your veggies. And then you go home and you tell your mom, Hey mom, check it out. I'm gonna eat some veggies tonight. I heard this dude at school. He actually told me, you'll never believe what he told. He told me, and I know you don't know this yet, um, but like we're supposed to eat veggies. And she's like, I've been telling you that for 14 years. Yep. That is the absolute truth, man. That is, that's, (laughs) but you know, sometimes it's like somebody seeing someone who either looks like you, or that comes from the same place as you, or that you can identify with in some way, shape, or form, right? Right. And that is the transforming moment. And so since then, we have had dozens of people come through our classroom or that we've met with, with that same hope that we're like reaching students that otherwise are seemingly unreachable. Yeah. Wow. I guess Philly's not, it's not too far from New York, is it? Like an hour and a half, something like that, maybe. Okay. So Gary Vaynerchuk actually is one of the biggest reasons why I have gone into kind of speaking and stuff because right out of college, I felt like my college kind of prepared me for like corporate America, but yeah. me, me, no corporate America kind of yeah. I want to be out there doing my own thing. And, but also like just helping as many people as I can. And so he had this like thing that he like sent out to, to college seniors and it got me, man. It just, but it's like one of those things, like you can relate to someone like that because i mean he come he started from the bottom you know yo and he's the truth bro like he is like meeting him he's as real as they come and like he's truly the same way that you see him and he was super kind pushed meetings back for us we went up a second time he pushed like tons of meetings back and we met with this whole production team and everything he they are they are a fantastic group of people there so obviously everything he he does and what i like about him like you mentioned is, is just so real. It's just like, it's just him. Yep. And I think this actually goes into kind of uh, what well, goes into exactly what your whole YouTube channel is kind of named about. Like that idea of real rap is like, that's the kind of music I listen to. I listen to rap, but I listen to what I would consider and what your students are probably calling real rap. So like when people look at issues, whether it be in their life, whether it be in America, whether it be socially, whether it be just something they're going through, and they just, whatever it is, even if it's like super embarrassing, like to other people, they just go at it. And they just say, look, this is the issue. This is how I'm trying to deal with it. And this, you know, rapping about it kind of, one of the names that comes to mind is like Macklemore, like on his first few albums there, yep. um, just went at it with the whole, like, I went through addiction. Now I'm trying to help other people, but guess what? I relapsed and this is happening. And this is also happening. Like, it's just that's so real, you know, like, it's just like, look, I mean, even teaching through that lens, right? Like like I talked about, like, so whether you're using like Lupe or you're using uh, J. Cole or Kendrick, like helping students learn that language is powerful. And then, and then hip hop artists that aren't doing that, right. That are just rapping about like girls or just money or sex. It's like, it's for a reason, right? So like, Mm -hmm. let's break down language. Let's break down stereotypes. Let's, let's talk about why someone's saying the things they're saying and how that is causing you to either pause or to not really pay attention to what they're saying, like, or do they just sound kind of crazy, like Uzi, like, like it's breaking it down like that, that is teaching students. So if I want them to read, if I want them to respect language, it's like breaking it down so they can understand it in it through a filter that is like, yeah, bro, this is like, this is what you care about. Then I'm willing as the teacher to go, I might not want to listen to the new Drake album, but I did. I listened to the whole 
time so I can talk to you about it. I don't want to play Fortnite, but guess what, bro? Like when season 10 came out, I played it that morning so I could hit my students up. I play with my students or I like can go into school and relate things to that. And it's, you know, I think the key thing there is like, it's not about trying to be cool. It's about trying to be relevant. Right. And, And if we want our students to care about the things we're teaching, how do we then first care about the things that they care about so that we can show them like, yo, there's tons of lessons you can teach through like Super Mario Brothers or through mm-hmm. Super Smash Bros or through music or watching television shows that my students watch. It's, it's all there. And all you have to do is like make the connection for them and then it's on. Oh my gosh. Listen to that gold nugget right there. Boom. We are almost at the end of it. So if people want to get in touch with you, if they kind of want to follow what you do, you do live things. Is it every Sunday? Every Sunday for the last two years without, without wow. fail. So how can, where can they find those? Where can they kind of follow what you're doing? So I'm all over the place. Uh, so YouTube is Real Rap with the Reynolds. There's realrapwiththereynolds.com. Same thing on Twitter, Instagram. I make Instagram stories with my students every day. Big Guy Little Car is a show we do on Instagram because I give real big dudes a ride home in my very little car. <laughs> and then uh, we do a live feed every Sunday night that's aimed to like help teachers on the night that they are dreading school the most. I'll answer any question. Nothing is off the table and it's all sort of, I don't know what's coming next, but it's an hour and a half long. It's supposed to be 45 minutes. goes an hour and a half because there's so many people that tune in from all over the world and we we talk about everything. Wow. Well, if you're listening to this, definitely, definitely, definitely tune into that. I tuned in. It was legit. It was so cool. That's actually what sparked me to say, hey, yo, you should come on the show. And then he was very kind and boom, here he is. But no, definitely check that out. We'll provide links in the description to all that stuff. With that said, last year, I would give a challenge of the week at the end of the show. This year, I want to invite the guests to give you a challenge of the week to help you go out and make the biggest impact possible during this week, especially super early on in the, in the year. Let's go in with like the biggest mindset. CJ, what is, what is your challenge for our teachers this week? Look, I, I think largely school sucks. Right? It's not a fun place to be at. It's the same thing every day. It's the same, it's the same nightmare all the time. And so I think that teachers can just shift culture by doing very little things, right? So in my school, I have done anything from like real little things, like instead of pizza parties, right? Like teachers love pizza parties for some reason. We have cereal <laughs> parties where I buy cereal with the least nutritional value and we eat it together, right? And it's nothing. It, you have never had a class so quiet as a bunch of kids eating Reese Puffs together, right? It's just, it's the best. Um, and if your kids have peanut allergies, get a different brand. I've also had ramen, top ramen parties, because those things are six for a dollar. And then you just need hot water and you eat hot noodles together and it's the best. Or, you know, I blow bubbles in the hallway all the time, right? And so teaching in West Philly, it is, it is all about snapping you out of your daily routine, right? So like just blowing bubbles just puts a smile on people's faces. And it's so dumb and so unpredictable that no one would ever think someone's going to do that. And plus my bubbles are in a microphone. So I have a mic, a gold microphone that untwists and it's a bubble wand on the inside. So now I'm like interviewing kids in the hallway, like, bro, like real quick, real quick. We just want to ask you a question. What's it like to be late to class like every single day? So what that does is instead of going, excuse me, young man, you need to hurry up and get the class. You enter it with a joke or with like some kind of lightheartedness. And then you're not having a power struggle some kids not talking back to you. It's like, you're just being so ridiculous that it's fun. Like we have a, I have a stick 
with a hand on the end of it, this giant, it's a three foot long stick with a giant hand on the end of it. And that's how I collect all my papers. <laughs> so I'm not walking down aisles and I give high fives with it. And so I would say to, to teachers, what is that thing that you can just put a little spin on that's going to make the day magical when it normally sucks? Like assume some kid just needs a little bit of levity today. And then what can you do to provide them with that? Because when you do that, you're really helping yourself also. You're helping yourself laugh. You're helping the staff laugh. And you're making a community of, that you're a part of where you're like being a giver and not just taking all the time. Yes. Oh my gosh. That sounds awesome, man. I want to go to your school. <laughs> Simple as that. that looks legit. That sounds awesome. So, uh, you know, CJ would like to hear how that goes. I would love to hear how that goes. You know what? You can send in how you put a little spin on the day. You can send me an email, teacherrechargepodcast at gmail.com. Obviously I will not be shy about sharing it with him. So he knows exactly what's going on. And Wow. Thank you so much for coming. This was a fan fantastic interview. I'm glad you liked it, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for, yes. thanks for doing what you're doing too, bro. Let me just say that real quick. Like anything that helps teachers and helps education become better, I'm a fan of and support. So thanks for doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Well, with that said, ending episode one of season two. Have a great week, everyone. Get up. Get up.